If you would turn to Ezra chapter 4, Ezra 4, and this is my main word, and then I want us to respond and pray into this, and I hope it it will encourage you. Um, In Ezra 1 is the beginning of the restoration of the the temple after uh, 70 years of captivity up in Babylon, and they get back, they're building, building, they get the foundation laid, and then the enemies begin to... Um, act. And so, if anybody's reading your Bible, studying, wants to say about spiritual warfare, I mean, there's lots of places, but Ezra 4 and Nehemiah 4 are two great places. It's wild that it's both four cha- chapter 4, but chapter 4 of Ezra is the enemies trying to stop the building of the temple, and chapter 4 of Nehemiah is trying to stop the building of the walls. And so, I just want to look at this really quick here and then address a demonic thing that I think is happening uh, in our nation, and we break some agreements with it. But it says in, in chapter 4, again, they've, they've come back. They're restoring. There's enemies around. They're not happy. The enemies are not happy that the Jews are back in the land building the temple. They've, sat, they've built the altar. They're doing blood sacrifice again, and there's the foundation. And then chapter 4. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building the temple to the Lord, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the fathers of the houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we worship your God as you do, and we have been sacrificing to him ever since the days of some guy I can't pronounce, of Assyria, who brought us here. Verse 3, but Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the fathers discerned what was up, and they said, you have nothing to do with us in building the house to our God, but we alone will build to the Lord God, and King Cyrus of King Persia has given us that authorization or that command. So they discerned that this was deceptive help. They were acting like we want to be a help, but they were just wanting to destroy. And then, so when they discerned that and that didn't work, verse 4 happens. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build. And they bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purposes. What that means is they hired anti-prophets, if you will. They They hired liars to come in and discourage them. And they produced among the restoration people a culture of discouragement and a culture of fear. That was the plan, and that's what happened right there. They came in and discouraged the people, and they made them afraid. Despair and fear will rob the restoration of all that God's doing. We've got to stand against it like the devil that it is. The enemy moves in a culture of discouragement and of fear like no other culture. This is where I'm talking about the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness is like, it's almost like it's given permission to manipulate with false narratives and false information when fear is twisting our minds and our perspectives are all over the place. When you've got that fear thing on you, a spirit of fear, you cannot think straight and the devil has a platform to begin to break in and twist. You throw some discouragement in it, there's downness, the opposite of hope that's got vision that sees and you can't move forward in what the Lord's doing. The result of this is, you've got to read down a little bit further, they begin to make false accusations, but verse 24 says, then the work of the house of God that's in Jerusalem stopped and it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia, meaning that it stopped for 18 years. 
for 18 years, what we've got is an altar there, a foundation, and no temple to worship at. So the restoration movement was arrested, interrupted, because of this mission of discouragement and fear. Now, I say this to you as a challenge tonight because I've dealt with this. These two things are the primary things that wore on my soul. I get hit with temptations to pride. I get hit to, with temptations to greed, lust, all of it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a human being. I get, okay, it gets hit. But these two are the big guns in my life. And I told Amy today, I feel like I'm a prophetic sign of something that's not just unique, but literally what is the primary work of the enemy, largely through the media, its major voice is to promote and sow seeds of discouragement and fear every day, to get them in the soul of our nation, in the minds of our people, to meditate death Meditate fear, meditate the what if, and when it happens, listen, it's the worst thing is not you feeling scared. The worst thing is you begin to be, be manipulated by dark spirits. That's the worst thing. The Holy Spirit is the one who moves in a heart of faith. He's the one. The Holy Spirit moves in faith like the evil spirit moves in fear and discouragement. Everybody know that? So I've been concerned about this since March, and I'm watching, and I'm telling you, we've watched hired counselors by the devil, <laughs> and, and it's, it's the media largely, but it's more than that. They're hired to disseminate false narratives over and over and over to seep into every sector of our society. It's, and, and I believe this, I believe it's on the left, I think it's on the right, I think it's in the medical community. I think it's in media. I think it's in the business sector. There's so much fear and discouragement. The worst thing isn't that we're making bad decisions. It's that all of those places are being manipulated by malevolent forces. Now, I'm not trying to be scary and make everybody scary, but I think when we fear, you open yourself up to say, devil manipulate me. And the liar comes in in a culture of fear and begins to twist our thinking and perspective where I can't even think of th about things right. The little things become big. The big things become little because we cannot maintain perspective. The mind of Christ does not operate his thinking in a culture of fear. So I think we got to make war on fear. we got to make war on discouragement like the poison that it is because, again, the world, it's doing stuff to our bodies. <laughs> your body wasn't made to fear. When you fear, you release all kinds of stuff in your intestines and everything. I mean, it's, it's not good. Physiologically, you get sick just from fear and discouragement. I mean, my stomach hurts and I, it's just ridiculous. But that physiological natural thing is not even scratching the surface of the poison that's being released in the spirit realm in my thinking, in my emotions. I can't process relationships and people around me. And it's a grand invitation for the devil to begin to set up camp and dominion in my sphere of influence. <sighs> that was some big words. Now I'm going to say some more. I've seen it happen to individuals, but I see it happening now nationally and globally. The whole 
earth right now is bowing down in fear to sickness and death. Every day, our top headlines are how many died, how many. I was watching a this stupid headline came across, and, and, I, and I feel sorry for the situation, but it showed this little boy. Did anybody see this one? This little boy, little boy, seven, dies of coronavirus. And I'm like, there's this picture, and there's this deal. And again, I, I know the news, the news reports, but it just drives me crazy. Because I think it's more than to tell me about that little boy. I think it's to make me worry about my little boy. I think it's to make us worry about, it's sowing fear through bad news, so we'll all be uptight about the worst thing that can happen. Does anybody think that's what's happening? It's brutal. The only news is bad news. And I'm waiting for somebody to start the news agency. It's only good news. I want to report tonight, 60 million children did not die. Yay! I don't know if you can sell commercials for that kind of deal, but because that's really the deal. What's funding the media is advertising that knows that people are watching as we belly up to this bad news all the time. I want to call for a, I want to call for a national boycott of all news agencies for a while, you know? Like, let's don't buy anything anybody sells on their programs to give them the point to break loose of the grip of the fear-mongering counselor that's trying to steal our national soul. And I feel a little passion about this. And we're bumping up against big principalities when we're talking about this right now. And I think we got to do it. What's that? Yes. Amen. Jesus is bigger and has all authority in heaven and earth. And we're his people. And I'm not being cocky. I'm not being brash. I'm not. I'm going to have to fight this thing tonight at 9 o'clock. I'll wake up in the morning. I told Amy, I woke up Friday. Unbelievable grace on me. I'm scared of nothing. I'm scared of nothing. It's unbelievable. Wake up Saturday this morning. Holy, what's going to get me? Anybody do that? My emotions, my emotions are not loyal to where my spirit wants to be is my point. And I did it. I felt the Lord going again today. You're asking, ooh, I don't feel. I don't feel like things are safe. When were your feelings ever the barometer for reality? My word is the, is the barometer for reality. And so I got myself recalibrated back fought the battle, and got in again and backed down some devils that wanted to steal some hours from me today. But I'm going to have to do it every day because they're coming, they're coming, and they've got the agreement of whole sectors of society. They're under, they're bewitched under this thing of let's propagate the discouragement, the fear. I, mean, I can't believe the movies that come out and the horror, the darkness. I mean, that offends me more than even the sensuality, the dark stuff to just put us in fear so we're worried about what's around the corner. So, I want to talk about that. <laughs> because the restoration movement in your individual life will be stopped if you engage and embrace discouragement and fear. The restoration movement in the body of Christ in this generation, which I think is supposed to engage the second coming of Jesus, we're in the, we're in the midst of the greatest possible global prayer movement, mission movement. We're right on the verge of it, but the devil's trying to taunt us back on this thing, um, and we're going to we're gonna have to do it because it'll, 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 it'll arrest us in this deal. And so we got to keep going to Broadway. we got to keep going to Africa, go to the places, you know what I mean, and breaking in. That's where we're trying to send these guys, and we keep going and going and going knowing that he holds our lives. 
But I feel like I want to pray a big prayer right now. I want to pray for you and for me that we would make a fresh agreement on November 7th with three weeks left in a month that people say is going to be intense, that we would agree and be accountable that we're not going to give way to fear, that we're going to agree no spirit of fear is going to grip my... And when it does... I'm going to repent fast. I'm going to call somebody. I'm not going to sit in that thing for three days and then call somebody. That, we got to put a short leash on this thing. Nobody should feel guilty. It comes at you. It's coming at you. It's going to come at you in your night. It's going to come out in the morning. Okay, it'll come. But the deal is you don't have to dance with it. You don't have to invite the thing in and embrace it and say amen to it. You can start saying no. No, I reject the despair. I reject the fear that's trying to come in and suffocate me out because I want the full restoration process. So the end of the story, not the end of it, but the, the next few verses, I won't read them, but Haggai and Zechariah start to prophesy. Those books ignite a fear-gripped people. It ignites them back into restoration, and they finish the temple. you got to read the two chapters of Haggai and the... Is it 12 of Zechariah? Because these two books started being prophesied and it put courage again in Zerubbabel and Joshua and all the people of God. Read it. Read it so let it build. Haggai 2 is going to say, you know, have courage, be bold. I'm with you. I'm with you. And something clicked in their hearts and they began to resist the fear that had paralyzed them. And they begin and they finish the work of God. So if you... Together, I among you as your brother and fellow sufferer, and I feel the worst in the room. Father, in the name of Jesus, we agree as a family before you, Yahweh, would you break us free of every hook of fear that's got in us in the last few years. We're asking that every platform the devil has of fear and discouragement a default, I've, I confess that, I've had a default of despair and fear, and I thank you that you're replacing it with hope and faith. And I pray you do it in all of us. I pray for deep surgery and wrecking ball power to demolish strongholds and thought patterns that agree with the devil and fear. And I pray we'd be a people of supernatural courage by the power of the Holy Spirit. We break our agreement with fear. You just do that on your own right there. I break, I think you ought to say it personally. I break my, any agreements I have with fear, I break them. I, 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 this is not my destiny. Despair, discouragement, bad news. I love Psalms 112. The Holy Spirit's been saying Psalms 112 to me for five years. The righteous do not fear what, anybody? Bad news. Bad news is coming. It's coming. There's some rough news coming, but the righteous never fear it. It's not about whether it comes or not. It's not fearing it because their hearts are firm in faith. God, may we not fear the doctor report. May we not fear the news report, the economic report, the portfolio. God, I pray in Jesus' name. I want, I'm asking for this for our family. Amen. Amen.